0: Welcome to the Choosing to Stay podcast. We're your hosts, Hallie Roderick and Stephanie Hamby, Certified Relationship and Recovery Coaches. We specialize in supporting couples who are healing from infidelity and betrayal. We invite you to join us each week as we explore the challenges and joys of the recovery journey for couples who are choosing to stay in a relationship after betrayal. We'll encourage you with hope for healing and transformation. Connection, empathy, growth. Choosing to stay. Welcome to today's episode of the Choosing to Stay podcast. We're so glad that you joined us and happy to be with you today. Stephanie and I, in our conversations recently, this topic of core values keeps coming up. So we decided to dive into it a little bit deeper and talk about what core values are and how they play into the acting out and the betrayal. And more importantly, what we can do to define our own core values and To implement and start living out those core values. So we're going to dive into that today. We're actually going to do this as a two-part series and we're going to start today. Stephanie, do you want to talk about the definition of what core values are? Yeah. So the concept of personal core values, they
1: impact and shape our lives and our identities and they guide our choices. So We begin by acknowledging that personal core values, they serve as this compass in our lives, and they influence our thoughts, actions, and reactions. And these values, they are deeply ingrained principles that reflect what matters most to us. I really like the idea that core values are like something that are inside of us that guide us in our decision-making, our thoughts, emotions, behaviors, choices, all the things like it's kind of like the root or the core, the very center of what everything else
0: flows from? I love the idea of it being a compass. And a a compass only works if it's functional, right? And I think that that's where sometimes people that find themselves doing things outside of their value system, like maybe it isn't clearly defined, maybe it isn't working. And then the other piece that I think about with this is that a lot of our core values are ingrained in us from childhood. And as we become adults, we just tend to naturally, automatically carry into adulthood with us the things that our parents valued a lot of times. And as adults, we actually get to define for ourselves what our core values are. And sometimes we don't do that. And so we just carry on with the same things that we've been taught or we've been modeled growing up. And... Sometimes they serve us well and sometimes they don't, or we just float through life without ever really knowing what our core values are. And we just take life as it comes. And we don't really have a lot of intentionality or purposeful direction. And so I think this work of defining our core values is so important for both the one that has acted out and the betrayed partner in the healing process of recovering from betrayal.
1: I do too. When I do core values work with my clients, it's usually like one of the first things that we do because we can start looking back at how did the past decisions and choices fall into these core values. And then also how, like one of the things that we always work through is like, how do I make informed healthy choices and decisions moving forward? And that's for both the one who has acted out and the betrayed partner and if we have this like set of core values, when we are making decisions out of that value system, that's when we have that like fulfillment and almost like an ease of decision-making. Like it's like that internal or visceral feeling of like, oh, this is the right choice. This is the the best decision for me because we have that alignment. And I think it's one of the biggest pieces and very early work that needs to be done is who mm-hmm. am I? Like, another piece of trauma is it feels like it takes away our identity or we're like reconstructing our identity. Who am I now that this has happened to me? And in that identity is core values.
0: Yeah. I think for the betrayed partner, definitely their identity is shaken. And then even for the one who has done the acting out or has the sexual misbehaviors, when they start to have an awareness of the reality of their behaviors and how they have been impacting their own lives and the people around them. They also have this almost like identity crisis of like, I don't even know who I am and, and who, you know, who is this person that's been doing these things that is causing so much harm to my life and to those that I love. And so I think there's this potential identity crisis of sorts with both partners in this mess of betrayal that people find themselves in.
1: There really is. I think it can be like confusing, really confusing when we, and I'll just speak from the betrayed partner's side, when there has been sexual acting out and you have assumed or thought that your core values were very similar or in line, like we are moving in the same direction with the same set or the same value system. And then you learn of the betrayal. It can feel very confusing. Like, who is this person that I'm even married to? Who, who am I even engaged in relationship with? And so that's where we go back to this is we have to know who we are each as individuals so that we can come back together in relational work. And this is like, I would say not even just with the marriage or the couple relationship, but you as a person moving forward, who are you? And understanding and defining those core values is really going to help build that identity back up.
0: Mhm. It makes me think about we talked a couple episodes ago actually it was our episode with you and Josh when we were talking about why don't we go through this before we ever get married and this is another one of those things is like where was this work before we got married why didn't we define who we were and what our values were and maybe some people did you know but for a lot of us we just jump into marriage and we hope that we're going to figure it out. So sometimes taking a pause after betrayal I mean, obviously life kind of gets organically on pause after betrayal, but doing this work during that time can be so helpful to be able to really get in tune again with who we are and what we stand for and what we will and will not tolerate in our lives or what we can and that what we will and won't do. And I think about, you know, if we have defined those values, even so, I think about it for people that have an addiction. If they had been able to do some core value work, like when they were kids, you know, they talked about this and then the material or whatever, the first time they were tempted with it, they were like, oh no, that's against my value system. Then maybe we could have avoided a lot of pain throughout their whole entire life. But if they don't know that and they haven't made that conscious you know, decision and then they get sucked into the addiction, then we're dealing with bigger issues and we have to really unwire all of that. This is valuable and critical work and not always easy because sometimes when you're doing it, you have an awareness of all the ways that you have crossed Mm -hmm. what internally you would say is a core value. But when you look at your behaviors and your actions and reactions, sometimes how you've actually been living isn't aligning with what we would define as our core values, which I think is why one of the reasons why it's so important, because if we can take some time to do this work and then we look at our behaviors and kind of do a little self-evaluation is is the way that I'm living aligning with what I would say are my core values.
1: Yes, I agree. So I really believe that both the betrayed partner and the one who has acted out and moved through this like grief phase. So it's really like the strong awareness of my reality And either way, how my actions and behaviors have impacted myself and others around me. And for the betrayed partner, the grief process is like how their behaviors have impacted me and their life and everything. So much of a part of that is when there's like this realization of like, oh, I have gone against my own self. Like not only have I harmed and hurt other people and all the consequences that come with this, but I have truly betrayed myself in this process. And with that comes so much conflict of core values. It creates that internal conflict. That's usually, I don't know about you, Hallie, but that's usually when I see with the couples I'm working with or the one who has acted out, that's when the shame really starts to like uprise. And that's like, I have shame because I have gone against who I truly wanted to be in my life.
0: Yeah, I was thinking of that as you were talking that shame piece and then you said it. So, yeah, that's exactly where my thoughts were going. And I think this is where a lot of times the shame for the betrayed partner comes up because as they look back, they realize that their betrayed spouse, their behaviors have influenced them. I know we all have our agency, so I want to be careful how I say it. So, I'm not saying it's their fault that I've gone against my value system, but we look back and can realize that Maybe we've crossed our own value system in the whole, you know, dynamic of the relationship. And there's a lot of different ways that that can show up, but some that you and I were talking about prior that I think are worth bringing up are like, sometimes someone with a porn addiction will convince their spouse to start watching porn with them, even though that they would say that's against their value system, or maybe they would be coerced into some sort of things in the bedroom that they're not comfortable with. And you might crash your core values out of fear of maybe not being accepted, fear of rejection, fear of reaction, or some other consequence. And so I think some of that shame for the betrayed partner, and even the shame for the betrayed partner when they realize that their spouse has betrayed them and it's so against their core values. I've heard, I can't tell you how many times I've heard from a betrayed partner is what kind of a person stays with someone who does this? Like, what does that say about me? And I think that question comes from this just deep realization of their core values and how they have been crossed, how they have violated.
1: Yes, absolutely. And it, well, it moves into like the humiliation and the shame and all that for the betrayed partner. And there is like this great realization. And then what does it mean? Like, I keep going back to what does this mean to me now that this has happened? And can I move forward and make healthier choices based on this set of core values that are truly important to me? That's where we find fulfillment. Like, I feel like I don't have the words to put to what I'm trying to say here, but it's like. When you're wholly functioning from your core value system, you have that visceral sense and that like fulfillment, like, no, I am honoring myself, my body. And by doing that, I am honoring those around me. And Mm -hmm. another thought that I had is like, when we are going against those core values, there is a true loss of authenticity. So I am not showing up as my authentic self. I'm showing up as this version of myself to either fulfill my own needs in a really unhealthy way, or I'm showing up as this person out of fear. I mean, there's so many things that drive that, but there's a huge loss of authenticity. I'm not allowing you
0: to see my authentic self for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And I think the realization of that, you used the term self-betrayal earlier. And I think that I see it a lot with my betrayed partners when they have this realization that they have betrayed themselves in certain ways by crossing their core values. That is the motivation that drives them to do this core value work and to set healthy boundaries and to start to, um, show up for themselves in a way that is going to help them feel authentic. Cause that is, that is a big piece of that personal healing and recovery. And I want to think that it's probably the same for those who have acted out as well Mm -hmm. when they really can get out of that addict fog or whatever fog they were living in that allowed them to make the choices that would cross what we hope is their core values. You know, I think anybody that is showing up and trying to repair the relationship, that's an indicator that they acknowledge that their behaviors have crossed their core values. And maybe someone that has a totally different set of value systems, which it happens, you know, some people have no problem with having An open relationship where they think that 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 falls within their value system or they don't think there's anything wrong with pornography or you know promiscuity and so that's a really good thing to like understand your partner's value systems is do our value systems align Mm -hmm. and are we compatible and so if you're already in the relationship and you find yourself in betrayal now you can do that work again, going forward and going, okay, let's get clear on what our values are. Do our values align to the point that, that I can, I'm I'm okay with what your values are. Can I tolerate what your values are? Are there any that are deal breakers that if they value something else that I'm not okay with it and that maybe this relationship isn't going to work? That might be grounds for a reason to separate or, you know leave the relationship when the core values don't line up and it's going to cause you to always feel like your core values are being bumped up against.
1: Yeah. My mind went to the, the twisted core values when you were talking about that. And I see this with my couples a lot that I work with is they start talking about core values and the one who has acted out will say like, let's just use freedom. For example, they'll say, well, freedom is important to me. And so then it can feel like a conflict of values because the one who has acted out was using freedom in a very twisted distorted way so i'm choosing unhealthy ways of exhibiting this core value versus choosing to have healthy ways of exhibiting this this core value and so like what i was thinking of is like when there is this twisted like core value system it's not that i Maybe don't even know what my core values are because I believe we can look back and see in the acting out, they were functioning from some set of core values and it was just in a really dysfunctional way. Mm. So sometimes it's like getting just getting clear on what does it look like to function in a healthy way
0: from this core value versus functioning in an unhealthy way. Yeah, that's such a good point because I think of like just a couple other like core values that could be twisted. So let's take like generosity, or I don't know if generosity is the right word that I'm thinking of, but if you like to be a generous person and then you find yourself being generous to the point that it turns into like inappropriate flirting or inappropriate supporting someone of the opposite sex emotionally or psychologically or other ways, and then that can easily be a value that is crossed. Mm -hmm. So like I think of salesmen, for example, and not, nothing against salesmen, but but salesmen need to be charismatic, right? They need to be charismatic. They need to be able to get along with people and create relationships quickly with people. And can that turn into flirting if you're not careful? 100%. And so I think we have to be very clear on what our boundaries are and what those core values mean and be careful that they can be twisted.
1: Yeah. And I see it a lot like when the twisted values start coming out, that's when we start looking at those, the boundaries, because we know in boundaries, our core values, rights, and needs, and they usually all three come together and they usually are all in with the acting out where there was a lack of boundaries, a lack of accountability, even if it's with accountability with self and others. Like there was a lack of all these things. So if we have healthy boundaries, we have healthy accountability in our lives. That's how we can start functioning from the core value system. That is going to be more life-giving and
0: more fulfilling and healing. Mm-hmm. And I think about that when you're talking about accountability, like accountability to others, but also accountability to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and I think of, I mean, my mind tends to go to the spiritual part of this, like accountability between myself and God, am I good? And am I square with God or my higher power? And when we can get to where that is our ultimate drive of accountability, you know, I'm so clear in what my own values are and I won't cross those for anyone because it's such a defining point of who I am. Um, I think that's where we can start the healing process and we have to define them first. If we don't know what those are, then we can just get swayed or we can get, We can get sucked into that justification of the twisted values that are being crossed if we're not careful and staying in tune to our intuition, our gut, our spiritual connection with our higher power. All of those things, I think are an important part of that.
1: Yeah. I just want to touch on this for a second. And this is just what I see is when there has been like years, usually years of going against One's own core values. So, like for the one who has acted out, there's like years and years of buildup of going against core values. It's not that it makes it necessarily easier. They are just, it's almost like they are further away. So, they're even, I don't know if it's like a stuffing or a compartmentalization that happens during this, but just years and years of buildup of not recognizing what those core values are. It really impairs the decision making process. So, I have no, nothing. That I am like digging into to help make wise decisions. Like if they're just kind of coming out of the compartment or wherever. And so moving in this direction of like, can I make these wise decisions from a place of groundedness and who I want to become, who I am becoming versus just making decisions from like. Off a whim. Like, that's what I'm thinking of. Like, I'm just making this decision because it feels right in the moment, very impulsive.
0: Yeah. Or it feels, it's the thing that feels good in the moment, you know, and then there's an immediate gratification and then long term consequences that sometimes we don't recognize or acknowledge in that moment. I think of, in, I guess, if you're not spiritual, you can disregard this part, but I think of like they become in this fog and I sometimes call it an addict fog or, you know, like a fog that comes over the lens you see the world through. And it's filled with justification and minimization. Yeah. Thank you. Minimization, all of that. And that becomes our norm. And so that's why we get in this fog. And I think both of us can do that, both the betrayed partner and the one with the addiction, because the betrayed partner sometimes will minimize the things that they are seeing or that could be as we look back. Oftentimes we're like, "Oh, that's what that was," and but we minimize it in the moment, and then we all become in this fog. And then when the discovery or the disclosure happens, and we get to that point, it's like all of a sudden the fog is cleared, and we start to see things more clearly, and we start to put, connect dots and make sense. And then the reality of what's been happening starts to set in, and we're like, "Oh." okay, I can see where either if you're the one that has the betrayed or you're the one that has done the betraying, I can see how all these little things led me to, you know, that justification led me to this next and to the next and to the next. And then all of a sudden I found myself in so deep that I couldn't get out, yeah. you know, or I didn't get out and not that I couldn't, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. And the betrayed partner as well is like, oh, I look back and I can see red flags that I didn't recognize in the moment. And I minimized that, or I made an excuse for that. And then there's that awareness of that, like self-betrayal. So it's an important thing to like define them and to recognize how they're playing out in our lives.
1: Yeah. You were saying something there. This is something that has come up in so many of my sessions really this week and how the one who has acted out. So like with any addiction and we can see it even with, like one-time events of infidelity. So whether there's an addiction or just one-time acting out, it's usually always the same as the person is moving in this like victim mindset. That feels like a really harsh term. Like when I hear that, my skin like kind of cringes. But what that means is I have no agency or no control over what is happening ar- around me. So like my circumstances, my emotions, my thoughts, I have no agency in this in this. And so I will, I'm clinging to something that I think is going to distract, avoid or numb or something that I can just go to. That's going to help give me that instant gratification. And as you were saying that I was thinking in this cycle of sexual acting out, how core values really give back that personal agency and you do have it inside of you, what it takes to work through your life circumstances, to work through the challenges that you face, those strong emotions, like all the things that felt so heavy. You do have agency and power in those moments through your core values. Like I am going to start making choices that are going to be more fulfilling and healthy for me. That brings me back and gives me power to my circumstances. But I was really thinking about that loss of agency and how core values well, Hallie, you and I have both done core values. So I, I think you can resonate with this. Like, but once you are functioning in that, you do have like the stronger sense of agency. I do have control over this situation and emotion and all the things.
0: Yeah, it's almost like freedom and power over the like way out. You know, some people are like, I don't know what to do. Tell me how to do it. And and I'm like, well, let's get to your core values. And it gives you like a good I don't know, touchstone of like, I can say, would this choice violate one of my core values or yeah. would it not? And that can be your place of clarity for whether or not I should make a decision or whether or not I should do something. I mean, it can be applied in a lot of different areas, but you can use that as like your anchor to yeah. go, okay, does this align with my core values or does it not? And if it doesn't, then I have the agency and the freedom and the power to say, no, that's not going to work for me or I'm not going to do that. Yes, absolutely. That's really good. Okay, I love where this conversation is going and I feel like we're at a spot where we should start talking about how to define our core values. So we're going to pause right here for this week and we're going to pick it up again next week where we're going to dive into understanding how to find your core values and then how to start implementing and living out the core values that you can define for yourself. So we hope that you have enjoyed what we've talked about today and we'll come back and listen to us again next week as we dive into what this work actually looks like.
1: Thank you for listening to the choosing to stay podcast. If you have enjoyed this show, we invite you to subscribe, share, and leave us a review connection, empathy and growth choosing to stay.